Our topic tonight, Hezekiah's letter from 2 Kings 18, 19, and Isaiah 36, 37, 2 Chronicles 32. In 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 13, and we're doing a little bit of a continuation here. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. Then the king of Assyria sent Rebashikin, and I should back up a little bit. That's just uh, eight years after this king of Assyria took northern tribes, Israel, captive. Not only captive, just totally eliminated once and for all the northern kings, uh, the northern kingdoms of Israel, the northern tribes of Israel, the ten tribes. And so this king means business. He comes through. He's not just coming and ruling over. He came and took the whole place captive and uh, destroyed Samaria and took the king captive and just uh, dispersed the people throughout the Assyrian Empire, uh, never to be known of as a people again. So then now he comes against Judah in the south, and he's taking the fortified cities of Judah. And then the king of Assyria sent his spokesperson, Rob, whatever, from Lachish, with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And again, this is just in review so far. And this is where Lachish is. So there's Jerusalem up in the right-hand corner. And Lachish is in Judah. And so the king of Assyria is now camped in Lachish, a very fortified city of Judah. And so uh, Assyria is off towards the north and uh, east. And so they've come, and they've come over through the north, and have Tacked all the way down and are now to Jerusalem's eastern side. So they basically have Jerusalem surrounded. They're you know, Assyria there in, in the eastern and northern, and then coming down, and now they've taken Lachish and other fortified cities. They have Jerusalem surrounded. They have the nation covered and even blocking off towards, towards Egypt to be able to come in and help. And so this is uh, what an area of view of what Lachish, ancient Lachish, looks like today. The the tell that's left, the, the mound, the archaeological dig site that's left, just covered in dirt, and they're doing archaeological digs there now and finding some really interesting stuff. Uh, and they found, um, in, I guess, modern-day Iraq, uh, this relief of the battle for Lachish. And it's housed in a museum in, I believe, in England and also in a, uh, a duplicate or a replica in Jerusalem in uh, the Israeli Museum. Huge, huge, very big um, relief of the attack and of the siege, a three-year siege of, uh, no, I guess the three-year siege was of Samaria. We don't know how long the siege was of Lachish. Uh, but the attack and the taking captive, you can see the soldiers there taking prisoners and attacking and just in all different shapes and forms uh, showing what's going on and now a, a, a different angle from the other museum in, in, um, and show you how, how big it is. It's nine feet high at its height, uh, its highest spot, and you can just see how long it is, longer than this hallway here and that side and then the other side. And so just this huge relief of description of how we conquered this city of Judah, Lachish. And to make a big deal of this, I mean, this is a big thing. Obviously, there's a big undertaking to have people there on the scene to be able to know what took place and then to come back and to be able to um, build this type of a, a story 
about so that they can boast about how they conquered Lachish. So obviously a big, big deal to the king of Assyria that he took Lachish. Now it's going to become important when we get to the end of the sermon today. So back to the story. Verse 13, this spokesperson says, he called out with a loud voice in Hebrew, hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria, thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, or he will not be able to deliver you, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver us from the king of Assyria. And this guy in his speech to the people, he's speaking in Hebrew, so he's not just speaking to Hezekiah, he's not just speaking to the representatives, he's speaking to all the people who can hear him, all the people on the wall. And they begged him not to speak in Hebrew, and he spoke in Hebrew anyway. And he's, he's got his whole line up there, he's just cutting, 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 Cuts Hezekiah, don't trust in the Lord. The Lord is with us. Look at how we've conquered all these cities. Look at how we've conquered all these nations. We've got all this wealth. We've got everything on our side. We've got all the people. All the world is wandering after us. All the world is following after us. You're just a small little remnant. Why are you so particular? Why are you so uh, standing out with your differences? Come and join us. Come down and we'll give you plenty as well. We'll give you 2,000 horses, if you could put riders on it, we'll give you food and vineyards and, and, and land better than you have. Come out and surrender to us. Don't listen to Hezekiah. Don't be so strange. Don't be so different. Come and join our ranks. All the world is wandering after the beast. Come and follow us. The great king. The king of Assyria which again later on becomes Babylon, taken over by Babylon. Come and follow us. Come and join us. The Lord is with us. He even uses the yud heh vav heh in saying, the Lord sent me here. The Lord sent me to conquer Judah. And when King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. He sent the elders, covered with sackcloth, to the Isaiah the prophet. And that's where we left off last time. Praying and asking the prophet to pray as well and to give a message, get a message from the Lord. He's seeking the Lord. And that's the right thing to do. When we're attacked, when our beliefs are attacked, when our faith is attacked, when we're tempted to, to turn from God and send, surrender for financial gain or for popularity or to follow the crowd mocked and derided, seek the Lord. Get back into his word. Surrender to him. Find out what the word of the Lord says. So now, for our lesson today, picking up from that point. And so they took the message from Hezekiah to Isaiah. This day is a day of trouble, rebuke and blasphemy. May the Lord your God hear the words of this spokesperson, who has reproached the living God and will rebuke those words. Lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. Isaiah, pray with us. Isaiah, help us. It's a dangerous day. It's a sad day. A day of trouble. And Isaiah said, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, which have blasphemed me. Surely I will send the Spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. 
Trust in the Lord. Be not afraid. The enemies that are attacking you, God has the last say. God is on his throne. God is the king of kings. He is the eternal king. No one can blaspheme him without him holding them accountable and taking them to account. So he prophesies, he will send a spirit upon him, he'll hear a rumor, he'll leave the land, and he'll fall by his own sword. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread the letter before the Lord, praying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Robert passed out little pieces of paper. So as I continue preaching on, someone has written a word against you. Someone has sent you a letter of rebuke. Someone has sent you a threatening letter. Maybe some collection agency. Maybe a foreclosure note. Maybe an eviction notice. Maybe a divorce paper. Someone has sent to you some letter, some way, some shape or form, verbally or in writing, an attack against you. And you want to bring it tonight before the Lord. And you want to lay it before the Lord, as Hezekiah did. Lord, look at what they've written. Look at what they've said. Look at how they're blaspheming you. Look at how they are attacking me. I lay this letter before you. This unjust letter. Lord, speak in my defense. Lord, fight for me. Lord, rise up. You are alone are the king of all the kingdoms of the earth. You made heaven and earth. You are eternal. You are from the beginning and you have no end. Stand up, Lord God. You who dwell between the cherubim. In the holy of holies, the Kodesh Kodeshim. Upon the mercy seat. Upon the judgment seat. Sitting above the commandments. Throned on high. high and lifted up. Hear my prayer. And I lay this before you. I lay this problem before you. Maybe you've, maybe you've received a message from a doctor. Or from a child or from a sibling. Maybe some dispute over an inheritance. Maybe a pink slip from your boss. Some letter playing upon your heart. Maybe current or past. Maybe something you haven't dealt with from the past. You want to take that notice and lay it at the Lord's feet. You want to lay it between the cherubim. You want to lay it at God's throne and give it over to him and let go of it. Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and he spread that letter before the Lord. Pray it. Give it to the Lord in prayer. Trusting in him.
Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear the words sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, they have laid waste all the nations and cast in the fire their gods, made man made wood and stone. Save us that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord, you alone. Maybe you've got a notice of some bill that's been raised, your insurance, car insurance is going up, or your rent is going up, or the pay is going down, or cut in hours. Lay it before the Lord. Take it to Him. And leave it with Him. Maybe it's some neighbor threatening you or accusing you, harassing you. Maybe someone mocking your faith, family member or friend or work associate, trying you and testing you. Maybe the devil's putting thoughts in your mind, discouragement and doubt. Lay the thoughts, lay the attacks at the Lord's feet. But God alone is king. Isaiah sent to Hezekiah, The Lord God of Israel says, Because you have prayed to me against the king of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed against the Holy One of Israel? What they've done to the least of these, my brethren, they have done to God. And when they come and attack us, they're not attacking us. They're attacking God. When they say it can't be done, when they say you're going to fail, when they say give up, when they say come join the masses, God has the last say. Walk with him. There are only eight in the ark with Noah, and we are their descendants. And all the rest of the world perish. That thing won't float. It's never going to rain anyway. What are you going to do in there with all those animals? Trust in the Lord. Stay on the course. You said, by the multitude of my chariots, I have come up to the height of the mountains. Did you not hear long ago how I made it from ancient times that I formed it? Their inhabitants had little power. I know your rage against me. I will turn you back by the way which you came. Doesn't matter how many lawyers they have. It doesn't matter how much power they have. It doesn't matter how many riches they have. It doesn't matter how many countries they're in. Doesn't matter what the UN says. It doesn't matter what the nations say and gang together. It doesn't matter what Congress says. It doesn't matter an executive order from the president or from the UN general. What God says is what matters. Doesn't matter who they've attacked before. It doesn't matter what victories they've gained in the past. Doesn't matter how big the multitude of their numbers. 
God is all-powerful. The remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward, for out of Zion shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The remnant of the Lord down to the very last day. Revelation 12, verse 17 talks about a remnant, the remnant of God's people, that the devil is wroth, the devil is angry, and the devil goes forth to make war with God's remnant. Describes in those verses those who keep the commandments of God and who have the faith of Yeshua, who have the testimony of Yeshua, that combination of faith in Yeshua and the commandments of God. God's remnant will take root downwards, down deep into the earth, down deep and hit the water table, sucking up the nourishment from God and sprout upward and be fruitful and fill the whole earth. God's people will inherit the earth. They can take away our houses, they can take away our land, they can take away our jobs, they can take away our children, they can take away our reputation, but they cannot take away our faith. Hold fast to the Lord our God. And if you don't think those things can happen here in America, yes, we've had peace and safety here for quite some time, but just look at the history of this world. Look around in all the nations of the world and look at what has happened in other countries. Yeah, look at what's happening even just in Mexico. Things can change very, very quickly. And the Bible predicts that all the world will wander after the beast. And the devil will make war with God's remnant. But God will see us through. God will keep his remnant true. And out of Zion the remnant shall go forth and we will escape. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The Lord will preserve us. And the Lord shall keep us. The king of Assyria shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor besiege, with a, build a siege mound against it. By the way he came, by the same way he shall return, I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. The prophecy from God through Isaiah. That the king of Assyria is not even going to be able to come. He's attacked all these cities of Judah, de defeated all these cities of Judah, even defeated this huge city of Lachish, this well-fortified city of Lachish. But he's not even going to be able to shoot an arrow at Jerusalem. He sent a great army to Jerusalem, but he himself is not going to be able to come. He's not going to be able to build a siege mound around it. God will defend it. And they did find a statement by Shennacherib, king of Assyria, that I have Jerusalem, I have it like a caged bird. And the angel of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 37, verse 36, the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 
185,000 people. And when the people arose in the morning, there were dead corpses. There were corpses all dead. That's kind of a duplicate statement, right? Corpses are dead, right? But there, there were corpses all around, and they were all dead, right? So they were doubly dead. Dead, dead. They were dead, dead. 185,000. So that's a great army that came up against Jerusalem, waiting for Chennacherib's command to shoot the arrows, to build the siege mounds. And overnight, in one night, one angel, the angel of the Lord, went forth and killed 185,000. How many heavenly angels do you need to solve your paper, the problem that you wrote on your paper? If one angel can do that, The army, the large army of the king of Assyria. God will work in our behalf as well. God will work in your situation as well. Lay it before him. Woke up in the morning, and they're all dead. What a sight that must have been. 185,000 people dead right around Jerusalem. All their shields and all their swords and their horses and their chariots. All right there. Nothing is impossible with God. Shennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away. He returned home and he remained at Nineveh. And as he was worshipping in the house of his God, his son struck him down with the sword. God can, I mean, it doesn't matter. They take three-year siege of Samaria, take northern tribes, attack Judah, all these other nations, win battle after battle after battle. We will see 10,000 on our right hand fall, 1,000 on our left, but it shall not come nigh thee. Trust in the Lord. And even if we die, if we die serving the Lord and following the Lord, it doesn't matter. He is well able to take care of his people. So, back to the depiction of Lachish. So the Bible says that one night an angel of the Lord killed 185,000. But, I mean, people who don't believe the Bible, they're not going to take that at face value. The Bible says lots of things. Well, then, how come there's this huge relief of the destruction of Lachish and nothing about the destruction of Jerusalem? Why would a king make a big thing about not even the capital? And only write about the capital, 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 we have him like a caged bird. Why not attack Jerusalem? Defeated Samaria, defeated the northern tribes. What explanation? Where's the account of the battle? 
there is not one because the angel of the Lord came and the angel of the Lord defeated their whole army in one night. She was said, if, they, if we don't speak out, the rocks and the stones will speak out. And right here in this mural is a depiction of the accuracy of the word of God. The Bible says they took Lachish. Thousands of years later, they dig and they find, hey, Lachish was taken. The Bible says Jerusalem was taken. They've been digging and they don't find any evidence that the king of Assyria took Jerusalem. Why not? Because he didn't. And why didn't he? Because of what the Bible says. The Bible is accurate. The Bible is true. It's not a flattering thing to say our city of Lachish got taken. It's not a flattering thing to say that he's taken a lot of our walled cities. But the Bible describes what actually happened. The negative things, the sad things, the, the defeats, as well as the positive things. Tells about Babylon coming in and destroying Jerusalem. If there was a battle for Jerusalem by the king Shennacherib of Assyria, the Bible would have recorded it. The Bible is accurate. And the archaeological digs just, just support what the Bible says. The more they dig, the more they find, it just supports what the Bible says. And the digs they're doing in Lakish right now are also supporting everything the Bible says. So it doesn't matter where they dig. They can dig in Iraq. They can dig in, in Israel. What they find matches up with the Bible. The Bible is a secure, accurate source of information for the past, for the present, and for our future. Thus, exactly what God did for Hezekiah he's able to do for us as well. So I'd like to invite us to take whatever notes you have, whatever letters you have, whatever words you have on your paper. If you have a paper, if you didn't have a pen, maybe just bring up a blank paper, God knows, or whatever. Just come on up and we'll pray over these pieces of paper. We'll just lay them before the Lord and just release them to him as Hezekiah did and just give them over to him. Lord, you know this attack, you know about this notice, you know about this, these statements that are being made about me, this teacher who's doing this to me, this misinformation being double-billed, triple-billed. Raise in my cost, decrease in my salary, the cut in my hours. Bring it up front here now. When we come together, let us pray together and lay these issues before the Lord. Give them to him. Maybe something current or maybe something from the past that's never been dealt with. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw it down to the ground. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, crumble up, throw it down. Yeah, Throw it, throw it before the Lord. It'll leave it, Lord, right? Maybe we'll burn it afterwards, right? right? <laughs> All right, let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, 
We give you these problems. We give you these situations. We give you this attack. Take the burden off of our shoulders. We lay it before you. Even if they've got us surrounded, even if they've got 185,000 soldiers plus horsemen and chariots and arms and money and finances and power and influence, connections, we have you. And you are the Lord God. You are the almighty God. Nothing is impossible for you. As we turn away from the snakes that are biting us, we turn our eyes upon you high and lifted up. Thank you, Yeshua, for dying for us. Thank you for taking the punishment for us. And Lord, if we've made any mistakes along this way that have brought this problem about, we surrender that to you and we claim your forgiveness. We want to be washed clean. We want our record washed. We want our situation to be blotted out, cleansed through you, forgiven by you. Lord, live in us and give us uprightness. Lord, we lay this burden upon you. Our health issues, our financial issues, our personal issues and interpersonal issues, the emotional hurts and pains, physical problems, we surrender them all to you. All these attacks, we lay them at your feet. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of them. Thank you for being our defense. Thank you for standing up in our defense. Thank you for standing up for us. Thank you for fighting for us. Thank you for sending the angel of the Lord to encamp around about us and to deliver us. Thank you for planting us down deep in your word. Thank you for raising us up high and strong in you. Thank you for making us fruitful in you. Righteous in you. Thank you for dealing with these problems in your way, in your timing. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.